Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the King Kumar Podcast, episode 21. On the King Kumar Podcast, you guys will find motivation to start on your dreams. Start on your homework. Start on something that you've always wanted to do. And this podcast is going to provide you that motivation. Today, my podcast guest is Cole Adams. Now, before I get into who Cole Adams is, I want to tell you guys a quote. There are two mistakes one can make along the road to truth. Not going all the way and not starting. This quote was by Buddha. Now, why did I choose this quote? Well, the reason is, is because, like I mentioned before, the King Kumar podcast is all about starting on your dreams and starting on something that you've always wanted to do, but don't have the motivation to do so. And this quote is basically saying that if you want to find truth, if you want to be happy with yourself, you need to start, okay? For many people, starting is the hardest thing. For me, I've always wanted to do this podcast for a while. I have I had dreams, but the most difficult thing for me was starting. And this is not just to my podcast. This is about starting a YouTube channel, starting to work out, starting to do your homework. Starting on something new is the hardest thing one can do in their lives. It's like telling a speech. Um, it's so hard, you know? So if you want to be happy. If you want to accomplish your goals, you need to start. And that is something that Cole Adams is doing. Cole Adams is a YouTuber with 30,000 subscribers. Cole makes videos about, you know, many documentaries about sports. So he's made about, he's made some downfall videos about like um, the Broncos and about the Giants. And he's also made some more positive videos like, a story of Urban Mayor, how Urban Mayor uh, built Ohio State, how the uh, a head coach of Clemson built Dabo Sweeney, how he built Clemson into a contender. So he makes like mini documentaries in about eight to 10 minutes. And Cole, I know YouTube is a lot of work. And like I mentioned before, the most difficult thing is starting because once you start, it becomes easy. So and that is what Cole has been doing. He has had he had a dream and he started on his dream. He made that dream possible. So that's enough of me talking. Let's get into the interview with Cole Adams. Welcome back to the King Kumar podcast, guys. Today, I am here with a famous YouTuber, Cole <laughs> Adams, who makes um, videos about just sports. He makes um, some videos about downfall of teams like the Broncos and the mm-hmm. Heat and just videos like that. Without further ado, I want to introduce you to my guest, Cole Adams. Cole, welcome to the show. And um, how are you today? Advaith, I am doing great. Thank you so much for having me. This is my first ever podcast. So when you asked me to do this, I immediately said yes, because 
I've been so interested in at least doing a podcast and talking about myself a little bit. So I'm I'm very excited to be here. I'm doing great. How are you doing today? I'm doing good too, Cole. I'm happy to have you on. I love, you know, interviewing all these people and um, growing my network, but also learning about people's stories. So I want to hear your story. How did this YouTube thing come for you? Well, it's funny you say that because if you would have told me two years ago, if I had a YouTube channel, I would have laughed because that would have never been in my plan of interest. But this is going to be a long story, so sit back and relax because it's kind of interesting. So I started my channel officially in September 1st of 2017, and we are almost two years to the date. And before I started my channel, I've always been a big sports fan, and I've been watching sports since as long as I can remember. And I've been watching YouTube really as long as I can remember as well, since probably 2010, 2011. And, you know, I never really st- thought about starting a channel. Starting a, starting a, cha- a YouTube channel, it's, you know, it's pretty revealing. It's hard to sit there and talk about yourself or talk into a mic. It takes some time to get used to it. And I would have never had any interest in doing that. And for a career choice I wanted to pursue was coaching and preferably basketball because basketball is, uh, was my favorite sport to watch, especially college basketball. So I wanted to pursue a career in that and I got to college and I spent a year as a manager for my school's uh, Division One basketball team and I had the time of my life. Uh, I, I loved being with the team every day, uh, working with the coaches, working with the players. It was a really hands-on experience and it was really fun to do. But after a year of doing it, I, I, didn't, I didn't think I had any regrets of doing it, and I still don't, and I really enjoyed my time doing it, but I did want to change it up. And something I always really loved doing was watching movies and TV, and I didn't really know how to pursue a career in that. So I thought, you know, maybe if I did some storytelling on YouTube about certain sports or certain instances in like TV or pop culture that I love, I thought that maybe talking about that on a YouTube channel would be kind of fun. And at first, I started my YouTube channel on September 1st, like I mentioned, two years ago. And I started out doing just college basketball videos. Now, college basketball is my favorite sport, Advaith. I love college basketball. I mean, I could talk about college basketball all day. And not, not many people can, and that's, that's where the story kind of ends here, because I started a college basketball channel. I did it for a couple months. I never really got a whole lot of growth. I didn't hit a thousand subscribers until June of 2018. So I mean, I, I almost did my whole channel for um, a whole year and didn't even get a thousand subscribers. And you know, it was kind of a slow process. I wouldn't say I gave up on it. I think I actually just found something else that worked because I started doing videos where I would tell a story, put clips over the video, had some music in the background that it flowed like a good story like you would watch on espn or the nfl network Uh, a sports story just a really short you know video that maybe a company like that hasn't covered yet and so i started doing that and specifically i did an oregon uh football video now a lot of people didn't like the video that were from the oregon area which is completely fine and it wasn't my best work but you know it kind of took off there the video did really well and then i just started doing other sports topics and ever since then, my channel really started doing very well once I've started making those videos. And I've been making videos like that ever since, I would say, the summer of last year. And I've, I haven't really been fully committed to YouTube as because I, I also go to uh, college. So 
I, and I haven't been like fully committed to doing the whole YouTube thing, but I'm really excited to, to see how the channel's grown. And I do want to keep doing it until I pursue my career eventually, which I want to go into sports broadcasting and I'll, I'll be doing some sort of internship next summer related to sports broadcasting. So I want to keep doing this until I actually land a professional gig. I don't know if I want to do YouTube full time because YouTube is it's a stressful game, Advaith. It's it's it really takes a lot out of you. It, you know, it, I you have to work by yourself a lot of the time. And I, I feel like I'm a pretty inclusive person and I want to work with other people. So I don't know if YouTube's for me full time. Obviously, for other people, it could be. It's a great it's a great career if you want to pursue something where you grow personally, because the growth I've seen with my channel definitely has helped motivate me. And, you know, it motivation is a hard thing to find for anybody so that, that's basically my youtube story i i could definitely go more in depth if you'd like me to but that, that's basically a good summary of it no no i hear you that how youtube is hard i mean for yes. me i'm making vlogs and even that is hard like for after yeah. i talked to you that's when i started to say okay i want to start to make content too and even that is hard like you got to research then you got to find pictures, then you got to do edit videos so that they're within like the copyright, so don't get copyrighted. Absolutely. And then that editing is kind of annoying too, because then you mess up and then that gets on your nerves. So I want to ask you, like, how, how do you push through that, honestly? And like, um, like typically, That's like, a great how question. long does it take for you to edit it? Okay, perfect. Um, okay, so this is actually... It's actually a longer process than you might assume. So before like any anything, you always have to start with an idea. So I, I just think of, you know, something in sports that maybe hasn't been talked about or maybe that's trending a little bit, but hasn't really picked up yet. And I also make a video based on what season it is, usually like right before college football or the NFL, those videos do well. During the middle of the summer, baseball videos do well. During the winter time, basketball videos and hockey videos do well. So honestly, that's that's another thing. You have to find the right time to talk about a subject. But going into it, I always do my research thoroughly. I look at multiple articles, multiple um, websites, just to make sure that I'm not missing anything or I include every detail. I also go through like team fan pages on Reddit and make sure that I know what the fans are kind of looking for when I make a video which is kind of important if you want to target the right audience. Uh, you want to do your research pretty thoroughly, especially if you want to get the uh, respect and credibility from you know, other people that are watching your videos instead of just thinking, man, this guy has no clue what he's talking about. Now, obviously, the, you're not going to make everybody happy when you make a video, but uh, by doing that, it really does soften the blow and makes people respect what you're saying. And for creating a video, I do my research. I write everything down. I create like a script, so like I'll word it specifically so it's how I say it when I want to read it out loud. And then once I do that, I record the audio. So I talk into my microphone, record it all into Final Cut Pro. I'm a Mac guy, so I like to uh, use my Apple products and Final Cut Pro has saved my life. Uh, I, I love editing on Final Cut Pro. And I, ed I edit everything on there. and. It takes a while to cut everything up so everything lines up perfectly. Um, you know, after I edit all the audio where I talk, I have to, you know, find clips to use. And to use specific clips, it's really tricky on getting past the copyright system. 
most i mean basically every video is manually uh it's detected through like software it's not detected by like a person that's watching it so you have to get past that and i don't know advaith how much uh detail do you want on like the copyright system because it's kind of tricky i mean it, it i can pinpoint exactly what it is if you'd like me to um you don't have to go like that and that just like give like kind of like a basic overview okay so like when it comes to the copyright system you have to only use like a certain amount of a clip to get past that and it take it's a really tedious process because you want to make sure that the video flows well and you also want to make sure that uh you have the right clips but you obviously don't want your video to get copyrighted so it takes a it takes a, t- a good process i would say to make a video to write everything and to edit everything it takes an entire day i'd say it takes 12 hours to do it i mean it it takes a, a good like three hours to write everything and then obviously you're not sitting there the entire time working is extremely hard just like in anything in uh any business or any life to have maximum like concentration it it takes good effort to do that so obviously you know i have my moments where i like to take a little break but it does take it takes a, a long time to make just one single video and it really it, it sometimes stinks when the video doesn't do as well as you would expect or sometimes it does really well and you don't expect that either but i'd say 12 hours that's that's about how long it takes It's funny. I see myself like in in you kind of just where I am from my podcast, you know, like a couple I think a week ago, um I had this podcast and I interviewed you know this guy and I went on to my app which is called Anchor and I looked at the numbers and I was like, "Oh, kind of this sucks." And I was feeling a little bit kind of discouraged. And then I kind of put it on social media and I got like positive feedback and then I started to gain like momentum and then kind of like as I thought about it kind of related it to sports like in sports like sometimes you have a bad game and but then sometimes you have a good game and that good game kind of like brings you up and I'm just looking for that right moment when I have that one podcast or and then that's going to just shoot me up and even for my YouTube that's kind of you know kind of the same method of thinking that I want to have how about you what do you kind of think about that sure i i think that it does take time it takes some time to have your channel or your podcast to blow up the way that you want it to i mean still my youtube hasn't i mean when i first started it i envisioned so much success but you know it takes time to build that and it doesn't come overnight it won't come i mean you have to be very very lucky you have to pinpoint exactly what it is that you want to create if you want that to happen like you have to be very strategic i've seen people create a channel very quickly and have a lot of success and i've seen people that have grinded and grinded and nothing's working so i mean it just it takes a lot of detail to figure out exactly what it is that makes things work on social media or youtube so to make sure I mean for me I just like I just tried different things out until it worked. Obviously when I first started out it didn't work. I I mean people did watch but nowhere to near the extent that people watch right now. So I mean it took some time. I did college basketball videos and then I just tried different sports instead of just college basketball because I like any like any person my age they probably do watch sports so I I watch a lot of sports as well and 
I had many subjects that are topics that I could talk about. So I started talking about different sports and things took off a little bit more. So you just have to keep trying and trying. And that's just like anything in life. I mean, nothing is going to work overnight. I mean, I could give you so many cliches or uh, sayings that people say all the time, but they really are true. It just takes time. Uh, that's it, it's a grind just like anything but you just got to keep working at it until eventually it starts working or and if it doesn't then you just got to keep working harder yeah i feel you so let me let's talk about how did you gain those subscribers how did that all happen so uh, okay so i had a thousand subscribers in june of last year and i i think i hit i just hit 30,000 recently so Again, when I first started, I didn't even hit a hundred subscribers until maybe like four months in. Now, obviously, I'm, I was nowhere near doing the extent I am now, and I wasn't giving it like my best effort as well. So, when you put in a good effort, it usually helps. I think the thing, I mean, two years a lot can change. A lot more people can start doing a certain uh, job. So I, I feel like YouTube is getting. Uh, there, it's becoming really competitive. There's a lot of people trying to do the same sort of style of videos or trying to, you know, just create a channel to begin with. So when there's a lot of people, just like in any business, there's a lot of competition. I mean, I could give you a whole spiel on how, you know, just basic economics work, but it, I mean, it basically works the same way in YouTube. It was, it's, it was a hard thing to get a thousand subscribers, but once I got that, it really started to take off. And it's, it's been doing really great as of recently. And I've been really enjoying doing it recently as well. That was another thing. I did go through a phase where I'm like, man, I don't know if I want to do this uh, at all. And not because I wasn't motivated. It's just because, you know, YouTube's not for everybody. Once you start doing it, you realize, man, this isn't as fun as I thought it was, or this is a lot harder than I thought it was. So, but you know, I kept learning new tricks and I kept learning different tactics and I kept learning new ways to market myself. and. It, you know, gave me more uh, confidence and then I, I kept going at it and the channel's doing really good, as I mentioned, and I couldn't be happier with it right now. I do have one question for you. Have you ever been approached by like social media marketers and them asking you, hey, if you pay me, I can help you grow. Like, what's your thoughts on that? Do you recommend people doing that or no? You know, I, it's great that you mentioned that because I know a lot of people that have started like an entre entrepreneurship of creating a company like that for at least like Instagram and things like that. But for me, I've never been approached by anybody yet about specifically YouTube. I see a lot of people doing that for Instagram, um, but I haven't heard about that for YouTube. Uh, I, so to answer the question in a short, no, I haven't been approached and my thoughts on it you know, if it helps get you out there, it, I mean, if you're good at something, people are going to watch. So even if you do take specific tactics and don't go the hardest path, if people are going to watch you, people are going to watch you. So it doesn't matter how you get there. But I mean, if you get there and people like you, you're going to stay. So it doesn't matter how you get there. I mean, I guess I'd be, I'm, I'm not really pro or for or against that like specific way to grow your channel. I mean, I, I mean, if people watch you, people are going to watch you. So that's really my, my how, I, how I think of that situation. Interesting, interesting. What do so, you think about that? Well, here's the thing. Like for me, for my podcast right now, I haven't done paid 
ads yet. Um, I don't know about you, but right now I'm just doing it organically. So mm-hmm. on my social media, whenever I promote a podcast, whenever I promote this podcast, um, I use hashtags and I try to get my kind of my guests to promote them that because I know like if that guest can promote promote it, um, then I can probably reach more audience members and more people who listen to it. So that's kind of what I do right now. That's what I like about podcasting. You know, before I was at a time where I just did pod- podcasting as to tell like a story. So I did a podcast on like the story of DoorDash, and then I did one um, before like about ride sharing and why I thought that it could solve like big problems and stuff. So right now, you know, kind of after talking to you, I kind of realized that maybe I can use YouTube to tell my story because mm-hmm. what I want to do is I want to tell sports stories in a way that it kind of teaches some business lessons. So I have an idea about making one about um, Bears head coach Matt Nagy and kind of like how like you can learn from him and apply like some of the things he preaches through like business stuff. And then I also want to go into um, kind of the Steelers situation right now. Uh, I mean, before, with AB, like his whole situation, want to make a video about that and kind of like what you shouldn't do, like what you should do. Like just use sports and lessons to tell, to apply oh, yeah. lessons for business and stuff. So yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I think sports are just like businesses. I mean, technically they are a business, but a lot of the tactics they use that you would see in uh how to create like a good business they use in sports so so like i I mean that's where a lot of lessons come from are in sports i mean sports can be applied to anything in life just like if you play sports when you're younger a lot of those lessons affect you as i mean as you grow older so i mean i i really like love listening to coaches even if they're not talking about like specific sports they're talking about like business models or how to create like a, a better organization. Cause I mean, that's all teams really are is an organization just like any other business, like an Apple or a Google. And I think that's what makes Steve Ballmer such a good owner. Cause he obviously worked for Microsoft and now he owns the Clippers. And as the Clippers owner, they've taken this specific approach where they're not going to overpay for anybody. And they're going to try to maximize the potential of younger players as well as creating like a solid roster and it really worked out and I think it attracted Kawhi Leonard there obviously there's other reasons and then Paul George wanted to play with him so I think that the Clippers model just in uh, specifically basketball has really worked and obviously the New England Patriots model in football has worked extremely well and creating a good model in anything in life I mean that's how that's number one success key right there is creating a good model just like Apple is such a good company is because of their tactics and the way they market themselves and the way they make their products. And I think it works the same in sports. Obviously, sports has a little bit more pizzazz and, you know, has a little bit more style and flavor to it because you get personalities that go out there and do their thing on the field. And, you know, they have opinions as well. You don't really see the opinions of business people as much in a company. So that's what makes sports a little bit uh, more interesting obviously it's probably not taken as seriously as it probably is i mean sports are pretty serious they're billion dollar franchises so it, it's interesting that you brought that up because i think that those type of videos would be something that i'd be extremely interested in watching i love watching like uh i, I couldn't name the specific 
uh, business channel or a news channel, but I see videos all the time talking about how how uh, teams actually make their money and things like that. And I love watching stuff like that because it really it puts into perspective like why they even play to begin with. And you know, it's not really something you think of every Sunday. So yeah, that's kind of what I want to do. Like tell these stories to kind of teach people lessons. Like I want kind of want to make some videos about like a story about a company or about a sports team and then kind of do something what Dar Man does. I don't know if you watch him, but basically in the end he kind of like says like, okay, here's what you can take from this video. And even when I kind of look at your videos, um, today I watched it run about the Broncos, like the downfall of the Broncos. Mm -hmm. And I saw a lot of things that can be applied to business, like what you shouldn't do, like what you should not do. And it's funny I'm saying this because um, if you look at the Broncos, um, you said like how um, the the year that they were um, gonna, the year that they went to the Super Bowl against the Panthers, uh, that was Brock Osweiler's like awesome year, and Peyton Manning wasn't doing so good. But the GM of the Broncos took a bet on Peyton Manning, and that kind of paid off for him. And he took another bet. And instead of when paying Brock Osweiler more, uh, when Peyton retired, he let him go. And that was probably the best decision of his life because like Brock Osweiler now is like a backup quarterback. He's not as elite as before. If you look at like all the downfalls, you see like how, how a GM made a mistake, but how like if you can watch these videos, how you can kind of apply that to your life if you know what i'm trying to say oh yeah sure i mean just i made a video about the washington wizards and i think this is actually the perfect business model scenario because the wizards had this general manager for the longest time since the early 2000s and you know things just never worked out for them they got new ownership finally the owner that owns them now owns the washington capitals and he's an excellent guy he's very innovative and I, I think that that's the reason the Washington Capitals won the Stanley Cup after five, like so many years of not getting over the hump. I mean, there's obviously other things that play into a championship team, but that's one of them. And I think that he now finally moved on from that previous general manager. He's trying to have a more collaborative front office, just like the Clippers are doing. And I think that it's going to work out for them. It's going to take some time because they have some bad contracts, but... You know, everything in life, there's always going to be bad decisions. There's always going to be good decisions. It's just, I mean, it's just how the business model works. And I think that sports truly are probably one of the best business models people can look at because, I mean, they're, they're trying to uh, use different tactics like motivation and things that you just wouldn't normally see inside like your typical business. And I think that that's what can put some of these organizations over the edge, like a New England Patriots or a Golden State Warriors. Yeah, I mean, or an Alabama football or Clemson football. I think that's what makes these organizations sustainable. And that's why they're good every year is because it all starts from the top at the owner and it goes all the way down. So I think that looking at sports models is probably just as interesting as watching the guys perform on the field. I mean, even if you look at another video I saw, like kind of the opposite, like kind of like how you should do business. It's just amazing how John Dorsey um, took like one of the worst teams and kind of now made them one of the better teams in the NFL. Like 
Whenever you think about the the Browns, you think of like, oh, that's the worst team in NFL. And now you can say, yeah, they're pretty, they're pretty decent. They can probably make the playoffs this year. It's just awesome. Like how now you're telling the story of like an entrepreneur, because if you think about it, a GM is technically an entrepreneur. And what John Dorsey did with the Browns is just amazing. That's kind Mm -hmm. of like what I want to do, like tell like a story. Like, have a story of downfalls, maybe, but also a story of motivation, something that people motivate people to start something, you know what I mean? So yeah, I wanna, definitely. Yeah, I want to ask you, what what would you say is your favorite video that you've made? I think my favorite video I made, it's the one I always think about, and I think it was really the first one that did really well, was I made a story about the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. And I thought that the way that team was put together, they, I don't know if you watch hockey, but the Vegas Golden Knights were an expansion franchise. They entered the NHL in the 2017-18 season. They had to, uh, when, whenever a new team expands, it hasn't been something we've seen in professional sports, at least in the four professional leagues in the United States and Canada, excluding the MLS, because the MLS, they, do, they have expanded a bunch, but... We haven't seen a long uh, expansion in a long time in the four major markets, but for the NHL, they had every team had to give up. You know, they could only protect so many players, like the key players, the stars on their team, and they had to give up a lot of good role players. And the Golden Knights were built off a lot of great role players, and they came together and they made the playoffs. They had a winning record, and they even made the Stanley Cup final for the and played for the championship in hockey. And it's just something that we'll probably never see again. There's a lot of skeptics against it. People think that because they paid so much money to obviously join the NHL, that the NHL made sure they had a good roster. Um, now, I, 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 when you see a team play like that on the ice, uh, you know you, you can't really agree with those skeptics because they were a really competitive team. They were great all year. And to, I think that's why it's my favorite video is because I loved seeing the way that team came together. They played hard for each other. Obviously, the tragedy that happened in Las Vegas uh, back in the September of 2017 definitely motivated that team and definitely motivated the city. And they played hard for their city. And obviously, the Golden Knights are one of the best teams in hockey. They're one of the best teams in the Western Conference. And they're still competing for a Stanley Cup championship. And they're going to be in contention this year again. And they have a really good chance. So I think that's that's my favorite video. That's always the one that comes to mind for me. Yeah, I think that whenever you think about um, expansion teams, I think that's going to become... I hope to see that with the NFL. I'm not sure like what that city is going to be. But I hope to see like a new NFL team and just like how that whole process kind of works because it's pretty new. Um, yeah. The Dallas Kings, and then what I was gonna say was that it's kind of interesting how a tragedy can lead someone to success. For example, one of the videos I want to do is about the Wing CEO. I think his name is Jamie something. Jamie Simhoff or something and basically I don't know if you know his story Cole but um he went on Shark Tank and he actually got rejected Mm -hmm. and after he got rejected he kind of worked hard and he he had a different name at when he went on Shark Tank and that kind of like pushed him to prove the sharks wrong and then eventually you know Ring is now worth billions of dollars and then 
he actually returned to Shark Tank as a shark. So that's kind of interesting, like how. <laughs> and if you watch Shark Tank, you know how the sharks are, and you know、mm-hmm. how hard it is to become a shark. So it's kind of interesting how a contestant went to, make make went to a a shark. That's just amazing. Sure. So yeah. I, I mean, mean I, that's a great story. I, I think that, you know, everything in life, you know, there's gonna be hard times that you have to just push through, and、uh, even if it's in sports. I mean, obviously, when there's thirty, thirty-two teams competing against each other, there's always gonna be teams that aren't as good, and there's gonna be teams that dominate. It's just how business models work. It's whatever you know, whoever puts the best product on the field, that's probably who's gonna do the best. I mean, so. I understand what you're saying, and I, I really think that's a great story that happened on Shark Tank. I haven't heard of that, but that's a really cool redemption story. You just have to keep working hard, even if you get rejected or things aren't working out, because if you pe- people that work the hardest usually are rewarded the most. I mean, there's, I mean, obviously there's different reasons why、uh, people have to work harder. I mean, not every situation is going to be the best, but. If you just keep pushing through, you know you, your mindset stays positive. That's another thing I believe in. And if you, again, things will probably start working out for you. You just got. I mean, no one can pinpoint when it will happen, but I mean, a lot of good happens when you work hard for things and you stay positive through it. Yeah,、um, it's kind of amazing. Like in sports, my favorite football team is the Bears, and、um, two years ago we had no receivers.、Uh, Mitch was just a rookie, and even before that, we had Cutler, who kind of、mm-hmm. sucks. Sorry, <laughs> but anyway, then Ryan Pace came on, and he kind of made a bad hire with with John Fox, but um, and we didn't have any. We didn't. We had Mitch, who was just a rookie. Uh, we we signed Mike Glennon for some reason. Don't know why we did that, but uh, and we were just a bad team. And then I fast forward a week, a year. Uh, we get a new head coach.、Uh, Mitch becomes instantly better. We get arguably the best defensive player in the NFL, and then our whole team kind of just changes like that. And、um, I also believe, since you're a football fan, I think Roquan is gonna have a breakout year, and I think kind of Mitch too. Like I don't understand in sports why. There's so much hate on like a player. What is your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know that's that's something that frustrates me is when there is a lot of hate because, you know, I mean, just watching. I don't know if you've watched Hard Knocks, but there's a lot of undrafted players that go into these training camps and they have to cut about 30 players before the season, and you know those 30 players have worked their entire lives for this opportunity and. To be cut, it's it's hard. So the people that do make the NFL, even if they aren't the best, you know, obviously these scouts and the people that run these organizations see something in them that you can't see on the field, or it, it's something that maybe it's in the locker room, or maybe it's they are pretty talented. It's just you know that you need a lot of data to understand what somebody does、uh, all the time. And I, I hate when people hate on specific players unless they bring it upon themselves. Obviously, there's. Plenty of scenarios where players do stupid things or can obviously be hated for specific reasons, but you know, there's 32. Okay, so let's just put this for an example. There's 32 NFL teams. There's going to be 32 starting quarterbacks. Obviously, there's the 32nd quarterback on that list is not going to be as good as number one, no matter what world you live in. It's just not how.、Uh, I mean, the circle of life works. So. 
I, I, to hate on somebody that is the 32nd or the 31st, it's, you know, they've worked their entire lives to be there. And I think that most players do deserve what they have. I mean, I think that obviously any pro athletes paid way too much, but that's for another story. But, you know, they work hard for what they have. And I hate when people hate on players and I hate when people play hate on organizations as well. I mean, I made the downfall videos just because I wanted to talk about why these teams weren't as good, not because I wanted to hate on them. Like I made a downfall of the Seahawks because, you know, they lost a lot of their defensive players that were on their championship team. They lost a lot of players on their offense from the championship team. That's basically why I said that it was a downfall. Maybe I used the word incorrectly there, but I, I got hate for that. And I wasn't trying to hate on the Seahawks. I really do like what Pete Carroll does. I mean, I love Pete Carroll to death. He's a hilarious guy. He's a motivator. I like his tactics a lot. And I, I just, you know, when you hate on a team, they can only do so much. I mean, sports, it, it's hard because there's only 32 teams in the NFL. So to be the number one every year or to be a bad team every year, obviously it sucks to, for the fans if you're the, a bad team. It's great for the fans if you're a great team, but it's hard to be that every single year. That's why the Patriots model is something that should be years from now like looked at and applauded for what they're doing because the way they have built their organization obviously having a guy like Tom Brady and a head coach like Bill Belichick helps a lot but they've rotated so many pieces in and out and I think that's what teams are actually starting to look at more and more like obviously when the Bears took a risk to get Khalil Mack I mean it wasn't really much of a risk but uh, to get him and to really establish their defense obviously they drafted Mitch I wish they would have taken Deshaun Watson but they, they took Mitch, and I, I still think that it can work out. I don't think they're going to be uh, – I, I mean, this is just my personal opinion, but I don't think they're going to be – I think they play in a really competitive comp, uh, division with the Vikings and the Packers and even the Lions if uh, Stafford can stay healthy and obviously the receivers perform and they play to the standards that should uh, or have been set there. I feel like maybe the standards are, standards are a little too high, but – it just takes time to build a good championship team and to hate because the team has never gotten there or because they're always mediocre. You know, there's just going to be mediocre teams and everything. It's just to keep looking and keep trying to find a new model of success is where teams should be hated on. Because if they're not doing that, then what are they accomplishing? Then they're not accomplishing anything. So then I understand why people hate on that. But if they're hating because they're just full of young players or because... Um, I mean, I can't really think of something off the top of my head, but I think you kind of understand where I'm going with that. Yeah, I do. Like, I kind of find it, find it funny when, like, people on Twitter or on Instagram even, they're, like, hating on a certain player and telling, like, how bad that player is. But what we don't realize is, like, all these players put in a lot of work and for them to get into that next level, into that NFL into the MLB, into the NBA. Mm -hmm. Do you know like how much work I have to put in and what the odds are? Like not that an average show kind of makes it. And I kind of want to kind of steer the conversation in a different way. Um, okay. So what is your opinion on that? On that sense, what is your opinion on college athletes being paid? Well, you know, this one's so tricky. I have done a lot of research on this and I've talked to a lot of people about it. And, you know, obviously when you talk to the athletes, they always are a proponent for being played, for being paid. Um, I'm a huge supporter of Jay Billis. I, I don't know if you know who Jay Billis is, but he's a college basketball analyst for ESPN. 
former Duke player. I love listening to what he has to say about the sport because uh, he's a big college. I mean, he loves college basketball, but you know, there's even been talk about him being the head of the NCAA, which would be funny. And he's a proponent for paying players. So I like his ideals. I wouldn't say I have my own set of ideals on what I think and uh, think and shouldn't think. Um, like, I, I, I really kind of listen to those type of people that are involved with it and see what happens every day on a day-to-day basis and kind of take their opinion for it. Obviously, I'm a free thinker, so I can think for myself. But I really, I would say I, list, I lean towards the Jay Billis style of, I think that they should be paid. I think they should be able to use their likeness. I, I don't necessarily think there should be a base salary because obviously your division one basketball teams, there's like 350 of them. So the teams, I don't know, in like the middle of nowhere versus like a Duke or a North Carolina, obviously they're not gonna be able to pay their players the same as those top schools. But I think that maybe uh, at least players being able to use their likeness to make money off i don't know merch or to make money off just like anybody in life like on youtube obviously people have their own merch i don't see any reason why the athlete shouldn't be able to do that uh like a zion williamson should be able to promote himself when he was at duke university and create like t-shirts if he wants to or sell sign autographs and sell them because i mean that's his personal game Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to part one. That's right. That's going to be another part with my conversation with Cole. That conversation that we had was so amazing. I decided to make another part. So on the next part, which will be dropping next Friday, we will be talking more about creating YouTube content. And then we will also be starting off with, you know, all these influencers. So like Gary Vaynerchuk, Tony Robbins, like how they kind of, make an imprint on our lives and how they beneficially impact us. And so that's what we'll be talking about in part two. Now, I realized after listening to my podcast, and big shout out to my mom, who helped me realize my mistake, that I did not listen to Cole properly. And what I mean by this is Cole asked me what was my opinion on YouTubers paying social media marketers to help grow their channel. Now, I am all for this. However, that should not be the first step that you do. Like I mentioned before, the first step you need to do is actually getting started. So after you get started, then a lot of this stuff, like marketing your YouTube channel or marketing your podcast is all available on the internet. All it is is a Google search away, okay? Literally, go to G-O-O-G-L-E, Google, and search it up. How can I grow my YouTube channel? Or how can I grow my podcast? And a ton of resources are going to show up. Now, based on my experience in my podcast, I want to give you guys a couple of tips. So when I released this podcast, I texted to all my contacts. And that's what you should do with your YouTube. Take a link and... um send it to all your contacts. Then I put my podcast on social media. I typically just put it on my story. And then sometimes I make like um, Instagram posts out of it. So that's what you should do. Make a post or make a story and then attach hashtags. Hashtags will really help um, your content to be looked at and it kind, kind of targets, you know, certain people. 
um, who are interested in what you're trying to create. So make hashtags that you're trying to do. For example, for Cole, like if you want to become someone like Cole, make make hashtag like hashtag football videos, hashtag documentaries. You know, you get the idea. And then um, also, once you've done this, maybe then you can start to actually go into some paid sources. So I would recommend you maybe running some Facebook ads, maybe some Instagram ads. Um, but this is not down the line. Like, even though I've been in, like, 2021 20, on my podcast, I still haven't, you know, actually made uh, any Facebook ads or Instagram ads. I think I will start to. Um, but this is another good idea. Um, another good free tool that I would say is, like, you should connect with other YouTubers. So get into... um like Facebook groups for YouTubers. Um, these people can provide you more information on growth, more uh, actually watch your videos since you know you have a common theme. So yeah, I would recommend you doing that. And um, also connect with other YouTubers. Try to get that shout out from other YouTubers because they already have an audience and that audience can come to you. Um, that's kind of why I did this podcast with Cole because I know me and Cole, are we have similar interests and I'm hoping some of his audience can come to me. So I would really help suggest you connect with other YouTubers or even other podcasters if you're doing your own podcast. Um, also reach out to me at advkumar05 at gmail.com. Now, Cole, that was the end of my, you know, little tips for your social media. So Cole, if you're listening to this, bro, um, Thank you so much for coming on my podcast. Um, I really see um, a lot of courage in you, and I see the hard work you put in each one of your videos, editing, um, making the final touches, researching, and all that kind of stuff. Cole, you're an inspiration to me, and I hope you guys listening, I hope Cole's an inspiration to you. Cole, keep up with what, what you're doing. Keep doing amazing things. Don't give up. Um, and start, you know, pushing out more videos, man. I love those videos that you're pushing out. Um, you're an extremely hard worker and keep up the good work, Cole. And guys, thank you guys so much for tuning into another one of the King Kumar podcast. Don't forget to please leave it a podcast rating on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. And please, please, please share my pod. Take a screenshot of you listening to my podcast. Put it on your Instagram. Put it on your Twitter. Put it on your Snapchat. And do whatever you got to do. And big shout out to the Butler Boys. Um, Johnny, if you're listening to this. Johnny O'Shea and AJ, if you're listening to this. Uh, good luck, boys. And I hope you guys can get the dub. Without further ado, that's the end of the King Kumar podcast.